So, Father, we come before you right now and asking for the anointing, asking for supernatural divine impartations. Speak to us through the word. Speak to us by your spirit. We give you glory. We give you the praise for it's in Jesus' name that everyone said amen and amen. So we're doing a series called Jesus, Our Healer. And we're right now on the segment of God has different ways and different means and different methods of getting healing to his people because he in fact wants his people well. He wants us well. In 3 John 2, he says, Beloved, I wish or I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And one of the things we talked about, we canceled last Wednesday, but the Wednesday before, we talked about one way that can receive healing is just taking the word of God and believing it for ourselves. We know that God's word is medicine. He said, attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, let them not depart from before thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thy heart, for they are life to those that find them, and their health or medicine to all their flesh. Now what we want to center in on tonight, here's another way that we can receive healing, stay healed, and administer healing to others, and that is this. Use the name of Jesus against the devil. Demand that in the name of Jesus that the disease and the sickness leave. Devils, demons are subject to that name. Amen? And you've been given that name. I've been given that name. Now notice with me in Acts the third chapter... And let's look at verses 1 through 9, and we'll see something that happened in uh, this particular set of scriptures. Acts, the third chapter, and uh, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Now, I want you to notice this response. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But I do have something. I do have someone living on the inside of me. And the someone, praise God, who lives on the inside of me, gave me directions in the Great Commission. He said, in the name. And so he said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, such as I have. How many of you know you can't give what you don't have? But thank God we're not have-nots, we're the haves. Such as I have, give I thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up, rise up, and do what? Rise up and walk. Notice verse 7. And he took him by the right hand, and he lifted him up, 
And immediately his feet and ankle bones receive strength. It's a wonderful thing when hands are laid upon the sick and they recover. But it's also a wonderful thing when the name of Jesus is spoken and people receive immediate healings. Amen? And so we see here that he immediately his feet and ankle bones receive strength. And he walked away casually and said, well, God's good. No, was that his attitude? No, he had a different attitude. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with him into the tent, them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Woo, glory to God. Walking and leaping and praising God. And the Bible says that all the people saw him walking and praising God. I want to tell you tonight that there's healing in the name of Jesus. There must of a necessity be healing in the name of Jesus. Because Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. Now... There were some people that were bewildered by that sign and by that wonder. And there were really some religious leaders, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the scribes, that were, very, were not very happy about it. And they were wondering, how did this happen? Well, I want you to look at verse 16, and I want you to read verse 16 with me. He answered and said, and his name, through what? Through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know yeah it is the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all Woo, glory to God I wonder if faith in the name will do the same thing it did back then well the name hasn't changed and faith hasn't changed. And God's placed the God kind of faith on each and every one, on the inside of every one of us. And we've been given the name. Amen. Now go back to verse 6. I want to center in on this just for a moment. Again, Peter said, such as I have. Peter knew that he had something. The church world as a whole today doesn't know that they have anything. Some churches don't even believe in the new birth. Some people, some churches have gotten so watered down that they don't even believe in the virgin birth. Much less the new birth. Oh yeah, there's a lot of churches that, you know, believe in forgiveness of sins and thank God for that. And then there's other churches that they know they have the name of Jesus, but they don't do much with it. They don't do much with it. It kind of just is something that they've heard and kind of mentally agree to, and nothing much happens, even though the name's been given to them. I want to read something from Brother Hagin's book, The Name of Jesus. If you haven't read The Name of Jesus, you need to get that book. Amen? Are you all still here? Praise God. Don't allow yourself to be distracted tonight. Praise God. Say it with me. I'm here. I'm here. I'm in. I'm in. And I'm all in. And I'm all in. So this book, The Name of Jesus, 
This is uh, Charles, Hay Charles Hayden Spurgeon. He was a noted English Baptist preacher. Now, he was alive from 1834 to 1892. He told his personal experience. He was called to the home of an elderly woman who was bedfast. Malnutrition was about to take her physical life. During his visit, Spurgeon noticed a framed document on the wall, and he asked the woman, is this yours? She said it was, and explained that she had worked as a maid in the household of some of the English nobility. She said before Lady so-and-so died, the woman said, she gave that to me. She said, I served her for nearly half a century. That's a long time. And I've been so proud of it because she gave it to me. I had it framed. It's been hanging on the wall ever since she died 10 years ago. It caught Mr. Spurgeon's eye. And he said, would you please allow me to take it and have it examined more closely? She said, oh, yes, certainly. She had never learned to read. Just be sure I get it back. Spurgeon took it to the authorities. They had been looking for it. It was a bequest. The English nobleman had left her maid a home and money. This elderly woman lived in a little one-room house built out of wooden boxes and was starving to death. Yet she had hanging on the wall a document that authorized her to be well cared for and to live in a fine house. The money was gathering interest. It belonged to her. Spurgeon helped her to get it. But it didn't do her much good as it could have done earlier. And Dad Hagen goes on to say this, I think it's indicative of what has happened to much of the church world, spiritually speaking. What has happened to much of the church world? We live in a little rundown shanty, spiritually speaking, while lying on a table somewhere is the new covenant. We're proud of it, but we've never taken time to find out what it says, what it says, and what belongs to us. So we don't want to own up to that here because we've heard the word. But it's one thing to hear the word, but it's quite another to do the word. It's one thing to believe in the name of Jesus, but it's another thing to act on the authority and the power that is in that name. And that is why I firmly believe that books like the name of Jesus should be read on a regular basis. There are sermons on the name of Jesus that should be preached on a regular basis. And the reason why is this, it's easy to let revelation knowledge slip. It's easy to let truths that we have heard maybe in yesterweek, yesterdecade, and yesteryear to let them slip. And that is why the scripture reminds us that faith does not come by having heard. Faith comes by having, by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? Now, if we were to track this whole story through Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4, we would see some absolutely great preaching taking place that Peter preached that day. Peter lifted up his voice 
And he told the Sadducees, the scribes and the Pharisees, just like it was. He told them of what Christ had done. They were so angry with him for that miracle that took place at the gate beautiful that they took him into question and they held them there and they commanded them not to teach or to preach or even to mention the name of Jesus anymore at all. And his response is, we cannot help (laughs) but minister and to mention this name and to preach in this name and to go about kingdom business in this name. Amen? And so I want to show you something here from Acts the fourth chapter in verse 10. This is just part of the response that Peter had to the religious leaders of this day. He said, be it known in verse 10 unto you, all of you, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, then he says, whom you crucified, but who God raised from the dead. Let's read it out. Even by him does this man stand before you whole. Who don't you know that that graded him? They got upset. Now notice the next verse, verse 11. He said, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which incidentally is become the head of the corner. Then he made it really plain. I can hear Mabel. I can hear some of the mothers in, in Christ that have gone on to be with the Lord. When I'd get to preaching, they'd say, make it plain. Make it plain. Well, I'm doing my best to make it plain. Now notice in verse 11, this graded him. He said, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. In other words, we're not going to shut up because there is salvation in no other name. There is no other way to God except through Jesus and except for calling on the name of the Lord. Glory. Finally, they let him go. And when they let him go, they went to their own company. You know what your own company means, don't you? Your own company is like us here tonight. We may not be large in numbers tonight, but I'm telling you, we're large in faith. We're large in expectation, are we not? And so they went into their own company. And they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said. And then, they, and then they said, and now, Lord, they prayed this corporately, behold their threatenings and grant unto your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. Amen. And then they said, Lord, stretch forth your hand. Stretch forth your hand to heal so that signs and wonders may be done through the name of Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. Don't you know when they prayed, there was a shaking that took place. And it wasn't a bad earthquake. 
It was a shaking in the realm of the Spirit in response to their powerful prayers. And they went from that place and signs and wonders and miracles happened in and through the name of Jesus. But I want to center in once again on verse 12 of that particular verse. Verse 12. Let's read it together. Neither is there salvation in any other. Not Buddha. Not Muhammad. No. No other name. No other name. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Say it with me. The name of Jesus is salvation. Now, let's keep that scripture up there. When we think of the word oftentimes, when we think of salvation, because we've been trained to think that way, we automatically think of the remission of sins or the new birth. And certainly we should think in part that way because that's really the most important part of salvation, is it not? How many of you are on your way to heaven? Amen. Are you singing? Are you shouting? Are you dancing? In the victory? On your way to heaven. Well, thank God we're on our way to heaven. But he wants us to have some heaven here on earth. In the nasty now and now. Because if we're moved by the nasty now and now, we're not going to have much heaven on earth. So he says, there's salvation now in my name. And the salvation that is in my name is not just for the new birth. It is not just for the remission of sins. That's a part of it. But it's not all of it. Look with me to Romans 1 verse 16. Romans the the first chapter and the 16th verse. Romans 1 verse 16. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Romans 1, verse 16. How are you doing tonight? God bless you. Good to see you. Amen. Calling this church full. Amen? Amen. But we're not going to wait till it's full to act like it's full. We're thanking God ahead of time that it is full. Amen. Glory to God. Glory. Now, Romans 1 in verse 16 how many of you know Paul he was really bold he, he asked for boldness he asked for prayer I ask you to pray for me that utterance would be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel as I ought you know it's good to pray for your pastors I thought I'd get a better amen than that It's good to pray for pastors. It's good to pray for ministers. That they not be mealy-mouthed. You know, that they not be weak and afraid, but that they be strong and confident and that they may be bold. But most of all, that supernatural divine utterance would be given to them And as it is given to them so that they could deliver that and the anointing of the Lord flow through them. 
Amen? That's why you need to pray for your pastors. That's why you need to pray for not just Pastor Mark, Pastor Brenda, Pastor Nancy, Pastor Tom, but pray for pastors all over the Bay Area. If God puts a pastor in your heart, if you, say, if you see someone's face or you think of someone's name, just lift them up. Lift them up. Amen? We need pastors. We need good ministers of the gospel. We need ministers that have unreserved utterance. In other words, freedom of speech. That's what unreserved utterance is. And freedom of speech has to do with the ability to deliver what God has given to that minister. Now, I know for beyond any shadow of a doubt of ministers that have been given great things but haven't been able to deliver them because the people in the congregation did not have ears to hear. They were just, now I'm not talking about you. They were just coming to church to have their ears itched. Teacher, teacher, itch my ear. Tell me what I want to hear. Well, sometimes it's not what we want to hear. It's what we need to hear. But it does not come apart from the help of God and the utterance. And it does not come apart apart from the expectation and the prayers of his people. Amen. Amen. Oh, I'll take every prayer I can get. Not doubt and unbelief prayers, but good prayers. Amen. The Apostle Paul was bold. Amen. He says, for I... <laughs> Whoo, glory to God. For I... He said, I'm not ashamed. I'm not tucking tail. I'm not running from. I'm running to. He said, I'm not ashamed of the what? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Translate, Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the anointed one and his anointing. Paul didn't back off from preaching the gospel. Now, the word gospel there means good tidings. It means good news. You know what good news to a sinner is? He bore your sin. You know what good news to a sick person is? He bore your disease. You know what good news to a person that's oppressed and depressed is? The chastisement of our peace was upon him. The gospel is good news. You know what the good news to the poor is? You don't have to be poor no more. He became poor. That you through his poverty might be what? Rich is a good word. It's a Bible word. Don't be afraid of rich. Just be reverential, have reverential fear about covetousness. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is, the gospel is, it is the power of God. Unto salvation. 
Now notice, to every one that what? The gospel must be believed and received and acted upon to receive the benefits of the good news. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, this word salvation goes beyond remission of sins. It goes beyond the new birth. Literally, Dr. Schofield in his Bible said of this word salvation that the word salvation in Romans 1.16 implies the ideas of deliverance, safety. How about a little safety in this day? Preservation, healing, and soundness. Dr. Schofield went on to say, salvation is that great inclusive word of the gospel gathering into itself all the redemptive acts and processes. So here's what Paul is saying. The gospel is the power of God unto deliverance. Is there deliverance available in the gospel? He's saying that the gospel is the power of God unto safety. Does not the good news provide safety for us? Does not Psalms 91 tell it very clearly and very plainly that there's not going to be any evil befall you, neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling, for he's given his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Safety for the saints of God. It's in the gospel. And it will be operative and active in our lives when we believeth. Say it with me, I believeth. Amen. He also is saying, the gospel is the power of God unto preservation. Amen. I was given a compliment the other night by Dick Burnell. Now, Dick Burnell pastored for many years in San Jose, and he's coming to our church in August. It's going to be a good day. We're going to have a good time. He said, well, how long, you know, how long are you going to pastor? I said, I'm going to stay with it. He said, how old are you? Well, I'm 71. I'll be 72. He says, well, you're a young 71. Yeah, that's right. He renews our youth just like an eagle. Amen? So therefore, there's preserving power in the gospel. Look at Brother Copeland for heaven's sake. He's going to be 85 years old and he doesn't look a day over 65. Full of faith, full of power, full of vim, vigor, and vitality. But it didn't come that way for him by accident. He believeth. And there's a scripture that says, He that believeth hath. So the good news... It is the power of God unto preservation. Amen? 
And the good news is the power of God unto soundness. And the good news is the power of God unto healing. And everyone say, thank God, there's healing in that name. Now, we're going to close here in just a few moments. So pay very close attention to the next few moments. Turn with me to Philippians 2, verses 9 through 11. There's healing in the name. Speak the name over your body. Speak the name over your babies. Speak the name of Jesus over your loved ones. Faith in the name. Philippians 2, verse 9 through 11 says this, Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name. One translation says given him the name. Not just a name, the name. Which is above what? It's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee, or we could say every name should bow. Of things in heaven, beings in heaven, beings in earth, and beings under the earth. Notice verse 11. And that every tongue should confess, glory, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So here's where we started tonight. We started at the gate, beautiful. Peter and John were on their way to pray. But when that man was asking for alms, they didn't pray over him. They spoke over him. There's a difference. Now, the name of Jesus works in prayer, does it not? Because he said, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will grant it to you, he will give it to you. But on their way to pray, they had something to, he had something to say. The reason why he had something to say is because he knew what he had. You can't say something you don't have. Now, in closing, turn with me to John 14. John, the 14th chapter. Thank God the name of Jesus works. Amen. We curse COVID. We curse the virus. I laid hands on Brenda. We cursed it. Amen. We come into agreement. We believe the power of God's working in there. Amen. So rise up. And use your right to this name. Here's John 14, verse 13 and 14. He said in verse 13, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Notice in verse 14, If you shall ask anything in my name... What will he do? I will do it. I'll back you up. Now here's the revelation. The word ask there in John 14 literally is the word demand. It's not asking of the Father like you would ask of the Father in the name of Jesus as a prayer request. It's demanding in the name of 
above every name. It's not demanding God around. It's demanding demons, devils, evil spirits, sickness and disease, lack, whatever the case may be. It's a demand of faith for it to stop and for it to desist in its maneuvers. That's what Peter did at the gate beautiful. He didn't stop and pray. He demanded him to rise up and walk. Glory to God. Brother Hagin was teaching on this one day. And there was a, a scholar there. And he was reading out of his Greek New Testament. And he was all ears and he was very attentive to what Brother Hagin was saying as he was teaching about the difference about praying and saying. And he says, Brother Hagin, I got it. You brought it out. He says, this is what the Greek literally says, that whatever you shall demand as your rights and privileges, that shall I, Jesus, do. Is, not, is it not our right to be healed? Is it not our right to be strong? So stand up to your feet right now, and let's do some demanding. Amen? Let's pray a prayer. Let's believe God. And let's bind anything that shouldn't be there. And let's loose the power of God. Raise up your hand toward heaven. We'll have the musicians come back now. We're going to receive the offering in just a moment. Say, thank you, Lord, for the word of life and the words of encouragement that have gone forth tonight. I believe it and I receive it. I have faith in the name of Jesus. I believe that you've given me authority to demand my rights and my privileges in the new covenant. I'm not demanding it of you, but I'm taking my place right now in the name of Jesus. And devil, I demand you right now to desist in your maneuvers against my body. Go now. Sickness, I speak to you in the name of Jesus and I demand that you take your hands off of my body. Oppression, leave me now. I take authority over you. I demand you to release my mind, to release my soul in the name of Jesus. I demand my rights. I demand my privileges. I believe that I receive wholeness, preservation, soundness in my spirit. In my soul, in my body, in all of my ways, you give your angels charge over me. So devil, I speak to you now and I demand you your strategies, your onslaughts, your plans to bring destruction I demand you now, 
desist, stop in your maneuvers against me, against my nation, against this property. Oh, come on. In the name of Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now the power of God is at work in you. Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. The power of the Lord is present in this auditorium. It's present to heal. It's present to soothe your emotions. Oh, thank God. It's present to turn things around for you. It's present for the onslaughts, the attacks of the enemy to come to naught. To come to naught. Naught means nothing. Ha, ha, ha. No weapon. No weapon. No weapon formed against us is going to prosper. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. Well, go ahead and laugh at the devil. That's one thing he's worthy of. He's worthy of your laughter. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Ha, ha, ha. The name, 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 the name. The name. The name on the highway. The name on the freeway. Woo! The name. Ha, ha, ha. The name. The name. Oh, ha, ha. The name, the name, the name, the name. Over your automobiles. The name. The blood. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, that's right. That's right. In the name of Jesus. I was listening to Gloria Copeland the other night. And her and Kenneth were on a freeway there in the Fort Worth area. And a car in front of them just went completely out of control. And went up, in a, uh, went up an embankment. And just started getting way out of control. Gloria just said one thing. The name. Get back there. And the car went right back where it needed to be. This works, folks. It's not a good luck charm. It's not something we carry about as a rabbit, you know, whatever they call that. But we are carriers of life. We're carriers of the name. Hallelujah. We are more than more than conquerors through him that loved me.